Welcome to Momentum Radio, the podcast where you get to hear moms share their stories of how they are making waves of momentum in the world. I am your host, Brooke Markovicius, founder of Momentum Marketplace, a market of goods and services powered by moms. We are on a mission to get moms paid so they can lead a flexible life. This podcast is for you no matter what season of motherhood you are in, whether you are in the thick of the baby toddler years or struggling with your teenagers. We are here to share stories of motherhood and help all moms gain momentum in their life. You wear a lot of hats as a mom and you're doing great. You also know that being a working mom has its fair share of wins and challenges and finding balance in it is no small feat. Wouldn't it be great to have a way to get together with other ambitious, talented moms who are in the trenches with you and ready to teach you what you know about having successful businesses while raising their babies? Enter the Momentum Summit, a three-day virtual event exploring the future of work for moms. No matter if you're a stay-at-home mom looking to start a side gig a six-figure working mom who suddenly found herself in a home office with kids by her side, or anything in between. There's something for you here. Here are just a few examples of what you'll learn from the wide range of speakers, including yours truly. How moms have started companies while raising kids, practical advice on how to gain capital for your business, increasing the sales of your handmade goods, inspiration, motivation, and how to implement what you learn in your business today, and so much more. No packing, no travel, not that you could really do that right now, and no need to change out of your sweatpants. Every mom has a seat at this table, and that includes you. Join us for the Momentum Virtual Summit, May 19th through 21st. You can go to our website at www.momentummarket.io and click to learn more about the virtual summit and get your ticket. The tickets start at only $35 and stay tuned for more promotions on getting that even cheaper. But we hope that you can join us on May 19th to 21st for our virtual summit. Welcome back to Momentum Radio. Today, I am talking with Leslie Schrock. She is the author of the book, Bumpin', which I cannot wait to share more about in this episode. It is definitely a new take on everything that goes on with pregnancy. And let's be real, mamas, we all have dealt with pregnancy. And so I wanted you to hear from this awesome mama who took it upon herself to give us a little bit different insight into pregnancy, and she wrote it while she was pregnant <laughs> with her son and through all of that time. So her first book, Bump In, was born around the same time as her son and grew out of her feelings of helplessness, navigating a few complicated pregnancies and losses, which we've had a few moms on that have talked about complicated pregnancy and loss that has come from it. For someone who spent years in the healthcare industry, it was really confusing to her, and she wondered if anybody else was dealing with this. And she wrote in real time while she was pregnant this guidebook that she really wished she had had from conception all the way through postpartum. She definitely doesn't consider herself a pregnancy guru, but she's a very curious person who thought families deserve better resources. So, 
we really appreciate that, right, moms, that when people are willing to put out better resources for us. So she lives in San Francisco with her husband and son, and in her spare time, she enjoys cooking, travel, hiking, and photography. She not only wrote a book, but she also has done a lot of work. So and she worked in advertising with clients like Red. She also joined the founding team of Rock Health, which is a globally known startup accelerator that became a venture fund with over 100 portfolio companies with partners like the Mayo Clinic. She also co-founded a food startup, introducing sustainable protein sources, and she is on the advisory council at the University of Texas College of Communication. When she's not writing, she loves spending time with startups that are helping to improve the way we live. This eclectic mix of career choices resulted, Leslie, in being named one of Fast Company's most creative people in business and features in publications like CNBC, NPR, Time, GQ, Forbes, Entrepreneur, Wired, The New York Times, and many more. She's also spoken around the world from Sydney to Moscow to Barcelona, mostly about design, health, technology, and food. I got the opportunity to talk to Leslie a few days ago and just love what she's all about and immediately wanted her to be on our podcast because I feel you moms need to hear from her. So let's dive in and hear a little bit more about the book Bumpin' and who this wonderful mama Leslie is. Well, thank you, Leslie, so much for coming on to our podcast. As soon as uh, Anne told me about you, um, and I remembered your book from when you started talking about it in Hey Mama, um, I was like, I remember that name of that of that book, and I really need to have it, <laughs> this author, on our podcast because one thing we have all been through, all of our listeners, is pregnancy. Um, and into postpartum. So this is just such an important topic and I want to hear all about it. So we're going to kind of weave through your background and into the book and just hear um, all about your journey through this. So let's start um, specifically with, we were talking a little bit offline, but this process of writing the book, I think it's so cool that you wrote this during the process of what was going on in your life. Um, I think that that is extremely valuable. And as I was reading it, I loved hearing that in the midst of it, that like you knew you were actually dealing with that. So why don't you tell us a little bit about writing a book while you're in the midst of what you're writing about? Yeah, you know, it was uh, writing a book was something I always kind of thought that I would do, but I kind of thought it would be fiction. Uh, I don't know that I ever had a vision for writing a nonfiction book when I thought about it, but um, you know, so I started this process of trying to start a family, which I think many people who are listening have. And, uh, you know, I have a background in health and technology. I've been working in that space for about a decade now. And I thought, like so many of us do, like, well, everyone does this, so it must be pretty easy, like getting pregnant, staying pregnant, pregnancy. Yeah, how hard can it be? And then I was confronted with a very difficult reality which is that uh, I had a miscarriage at five or six weeks. Um, I was 35 when we started this process. So, you know, it's not that uncommon as I learned, but I was like, wait a minute, what? This wasn't supposed to happen to me. Uh, And then two weeks after the miscarriage, uh, learned that I was pregnant again. 
because I had no idea that you're actually very fertile after a miscarriage. Um, and this one too was, and this was a, a really hard one for, for us. Um, I found out at 12 weeks that we had a, a fatal chromosomal condition called trisomy 18. And based on the ultrasound, uh, it was not going to be a viable pregnancy. Uh, it was going to end on its own in a matter of weeks or maybe a month or so. Um, but I still had to make the decision to terminate the pregnancy um, because it was the right thing for my health and it was not going to result in a, uh, you know, in, in anything happening. And I was just completely lost and devastated. And I, I talked to some people about it and I learned, you know, even though everyone in my life was wonderful and supportive, um, you know, no one had gone through that before. I couldn't find anyone to talk to about it online, really. And I just kept thinking like, oh my gosh, like this is hard. Pregnancy is really hard uh, as a working woman in her, in her mid thirties. And so, you know, I, I, I kind of started thinking about it and, and I'm also not, I wouldn't call myself like a very girly girl. Um, I'm, you know, really active. Uh, I'm not like, you know, really great at like hair and makeup and, and style and all of that. I mean, I, I enjoy it more as I've gotten older, but like, this kind of overly stylized, like sunshine and puppies, beautiful pink nurseries, and like, you know, everyone just loving being pregnant was just not my reality. Like, mm -hmm. I was sick, I felt bad. No one was like talking about how crappy it can be when you have uh, acid reflux the entire time you're pregnant. <laughs> um, I mean, right? Like, did no. anyone warn you about that? <laughs> oh no, they did not. <laughs> yeah. Well, and nobody does. Nobody talks about that side of things. And so, you know, I'm like flipping through all these books and either they're like super data driven in this way that I was like, whoa, we don't even really know if this is the right answer or not. Like, this is like a lot of assumptions. The, the world is a very different place today. You know, um, I think the number is like 88% of all working women have children. Um, so really, you know, when it came time for me to look around and see what resources were out there, I just really didn't relate to uh, a lot of the books, either because they were, you know, kind of pink and fluffy and sunshine and ponies. And I was like, wait a minute, this is kind of hard, actually. Like, I'm, I'm not super happy about this every day. I'm, I'm feel grateful that I am pregnant and I'm excited, but like, I also have raging acid reflux and that's not so fun. And so I just started thinking about, you know, what would be in a book or a resource? Cause I didn't even know at first if it was going to be a book. Um, I had other ideas for other medias that it, that it could take on. And, um, you know, really just started thinking about like, okay, fine. I'm in the middle of this what would I want to see in a book? And so really that's kind of where it started. And, you know, I, I met my publisher and it turned into a real book, but yeah, I wrote the whole thing in real time as I was pregnant. Um, I even wrote the postpartum chapters uh, with the newborn, which was fascinating and hard. Uh, but I think was really important because, you know, it's, it's so hard to understand. Like, you know, I, I didn't know what any of this was going to be like. In fact, I had to go back and rewrite parts of it uh, later on because I realized like, you know, I can do a little bit of research here. I can see what people care about. Oh, and then you're in it and you're like, wait a second, that thing that I thought that I knew, that's not, that's not real. Or, you know, writing something when you're in the middle of it uh, and then like having a little bit of time to reflect and saying like, well, that was important and we'll keep that. 
but like in the scheme of things, like I also need to bring in this perspective. So it was a really cool experience, actually. I really enjoyed it. And then um, it came out when my son was about five months old, I think, six months old at the time. So it was really neat to, um, you know, I did the whole thing. I wrote the, the bulk of the book in about six months. That's impressive. Um, you know, it's, it's really funny. I didn't tell you about this before, um, we got on, but I, the first time I tried to write a book was when I was, um, a few months postpartum with my second. And I really felt like the story of like what people go through during postpartum needed to be shared in pregnancy. Um, and then instead I started, you know, a company, (laughs) you know, that happened instead. As one does, you know, you got to start something. Um, and so it kind of got yeah. put on the back burner. So when I saw your book, I was like, oh, thank goodness someone wrote something like this because I just, I was like, this is so needed. And there was not a book that I felt like I could share with friends um, that were like about to enter this phase of life. Because uh, especially when you're in, you know, your first time mom, there's so many resources out there, but really like, you don't even know where to go. And even, you know, six years ago when I was pregnant with my first, there weren't that many great resources at all out there, to be honest. Like even some of the major mom brands and like mom created content that exists today was not out there at the time. And so, you know, I'm sifting through like old (laughs) threads, like on the bump that are like from 2009, you know, and just stuff that is so outdated comparatively. So I'm so glad you wrote a book that is more up to date and asking those hard questions, because I think that's something that is not always talked about. So one of those uh, that you bring up is, you know, being your own medical and birth advocate. I think that's really something that's so important uh, to chat on. So can you talk a little bit about how that maybe comes up in the book, but also how it came up in your, you know, your own story about needing to be your own advocate? Absolutely. You know, I, as I said, like I was a very empowered um, healthcare, like I worked in the industry for a long time. And so, you know, I went into appointments feeling mostly confident, but then when things started kind of going wrong, I felt like, you know, what am I going to do? Am I even asking the right questions? I don't even know how to ask the right questions because I'm just like devastated and upset right now. You know, is it even my job to question these decisions? And then I realized, hell yeah, it's my job to question these decisions. Like I have to be an active participant in my care. Like this is what I do like professionally. This is what I I preach. So I have to start doing it for myself. And I realized, you know, that because it's two lives, it's not just one, um, Mm -hmm. you feel this great sense of responsibility and you should. Um, But it means that you've got to you've got to sometimes like do something uncomfortable. Like if you're feeling rushed out of the doctor's office, but you still have questions, it's your job to say, Hey, I'm sorry. Like I just have one or two more things, you know, Mm -hmm. and sit there and have that, that moment. Doctors are busy. Um, it's, you know, it can be hard and awkward for sure. Um, if you have a partner, have your partner take notes at the appointment, make sure you're recording things, but really Mm -hmm. like, I think it's our job, um, right now as, you know, as mothers and as, as parents to kind of step back and say, you know, we've been told for a long time that there was like one right way to do this, right? Like you go to an OB, uh, you give birth at the hospital. That's like what 98% of people do. 
And, you know, it's just like you and your partner and an OB and a labor nurse. And that's the experience. Like this is the, this is the package of, of care services that we've, we've given to people. And I really believe that it's time to stop doing that because we know that doulas, um, having a doula at your birth um, increases the likelihood that you will have a positive birth outcome, uh, can reduce tearing, all kinds of delightful things. Midwives are finally re-entering obstetric care. So mm-hmm. I think that we have to also start really, um, you know, doing our research and saying, and I have a whole chapter about this in the book, because I was kind of blown away by the number of practitioner types and different people that you could actually bring into your care and also how much of it insurance will pay for. Like yeah. my insurance covered most of my acupuncture, um, mm-hmm. you know, because I, I really saw it as my job to... Um, both write about everything from, you know, a clinical perspective, like what do we, what do we know for certain and present that information, but also like, I don't know, I kind of saw my job as being a guinea pig too, because Mm -hmm. how could I write about it without trying it? And so, you know, every single practitioner type that I um, identified in the book, I actually went to all of them to learn Mm -hmm. about it. I interviewed those people um, I learned, you know, what they wish that, you know, they could tell mothers, um, you know, especially first time moms, uh, but even second time moms and, um, you know, really like kind of dove right into it, kind of, you know, character acted my way through through the whole process. But yeah, I mean, doulas, we absolutely should be incorporating doulas in the medical care. I'm trying to get people to talk about, you know, insurance reimbursement because it's not free right now. And mm-hmm. insurance does not pay for doulas. Um, and doulas actually just in case you're listening and you're like, WTF is a doula. Um, a doula is someone who works with you through the process of being pregnant. They can teach birth classes, um, but basically look at them as like a birth coach. So most doulas are, are birth doulas. Um, there are also postpartum doulas who can help you with your baby and breastfeeding and things like that afterwards. Um, but, you know, really birth doulas are there to empower you with information to help you make decisions. They are not medical professionals. They are not there to make medical decisions for you, but they are there to tell you like maybe what you can expect to hear next. They can go to hospitals. Most hospitals do allow doulas. Some do not. So you'll have to ask your practitioner, Um, but really they're wonderful, wonderful people. They can help you with non-medicated options for birth. And kind of one of the most important things that I think doulas do um, is they actually help you while you're still at home laboring. So a lot of, especially first time, um, parents go to the hospital too soon and they're sent home. Um, so they go to tri- labor and delivery triage. I don't know if this happened to you, but it did. Go to labor and delivery tri- <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, it happens to everybody, right? Yeah. It happens to everybody. It didn't happen to me because I like never went into labor. My, my birth was like complete and utter disaster, but um, you know, it was like everything that could have gone wrong kind of went wrong. That so. was, that was my first, but we still ended up in triage for the beginning. Oh so three different times. So that was fun. Oh wow. My labor just kept yeah. stalling out. Like I would be completely in labor and they would be like showing it on the monitor and then it just stopped. So that was fun. That was, <laughs> well, my, my, we had a doula team, uh, cause a lot of doulas work in teams. So like yeah. you get a fresh doula every 12 hours if your birth is particularly long, which mine was, you know, it was great because like I, I woke up in the middle of the night and I was like, Oh my God, like, did I just pee in the bed? Like what just happened? Like, why yeah. is everything wet? And then I was like, Oh my God, my water broke. That's what that was. <laughs> and I, so I texted them and I'm like, 
hey guys, I thought I peed, but I think it's amniotic fluid. Can you help me figure out which one it is? Yeah. And they, of course, were like laughing at me. You know, yeah. I sent them a, pic- a picture of the mucus plug. And yeah. they're like, yep, that's a mucus plug. And I'm like, okay, great. <laughs> so like, now what? And they're like, well, how are you, you wait? And like, <laughs> yeah, now we wait. And so, and, and in my case, I actually never, um, I had premature rupture of membranes, mm-hmm. which is happens about 10% of the time. And so I actually had to have an induction like 24 hours later. So it was yeah. uh, quite the, quite the experience. And I still ended up with a C-section, even though I was in labor, let's see, from the time my water broke to the time that he was finally pulled out, it was like 65 hours. It was crazy. So I, mine broke uh, with my first, well, (laughs) speaking of being your own advocate, um, I did not have a good experience. And the fact that I was like, oh, I'm not going home. This is the third time I've been here. Like my labor keeps stalling out. And then even with the Pitocin, I wasn't progressing um, because they decided to uh, induce at that point and because it had just been going on for a while. Then they broke my water without asking me. Um, Oh, wow. Yeah. So that was fun. (laughs) So being your own advocate though, but like, you know, really my doula hadn't gotten there yet at that time um, because she was finishing up another birth. And if she had been there, that probably wouldn't have happened. Um, and so she was super, you know, supportive in the rest of those decisions, even when it came down to, we needed to have a C-section. Um, and my doula was the one that said, well, can you guys please all leave the room? So Brooke, you know, and her spouse can have a moment to talk about this, um, and how, you know, they want to proceed. And so just giving us that space. And I think that was such the yep. best thing about having a doula. And I got a doula for my second too, um, because it was just so important for me to have another support person for me and my spouse. And it wasn't just Absolutely. you know all on us. It was them to help yeah. guide us and help us make decisions. Well, and my God, like Nick never would have had a break because we were in there for so long. Like what about <laughs> yeah. when he has to go to the bathroom, like needs a yeah. snack and like has to go tell our families how things are going. Like, yeah. you know, and I think that that's, you know, our, our like my doula did everything, like our doulas did everything imaginable, but you know, it was incredible because, you know, I went into birth and I, and I tell this story all the time when I do events and when I, when I talk to people. And, and the first question I always get is like, wait, do I have to be that forceful? So like, for example, they threatened to send me home when I didn't want to get an induction. Um, I had, my water had been broken for, you know, I think like 16 hours at that point. And I just wanted to give him the, the medical guidance is 24, which I knew because, Hey, I, I was writing a book about this stuff. So I like had an obstetrics textbook. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, like I had, I have multiple obstetrics textbooks actually that I, that I consulted for all this stuff. And so of course, when it came from to my own care, um, I had my OB editor on speed dial. I had Maven, which is a telemedicine service that I love, love, love that I think is wonderful. And, um, anyway, so, you know, this, this resident comes in and he's like, okay, well, we're going to start pushing Pitocin now. And I said, no, you're not. I get 24 hours and I would like some rest before you start doing that. And I want to give him a little more time to see if he'll come out. And he's like, well, then we're going to have to send you home. And I said, really, you're going to send me home. Mm -hmm. I don't think so. Go tell your attending that I'm not going home and I'm not going to have the Pitocin for another six hours as per clinical guidance. And he comes back in the room. We're not sending you home. I was like, thank you. (laughs) And (laughs) 
yeah. And I mean, in, in I, verbatim, that's what happened. And my, my husband was just like, Oh my God, you know, but I was like, look, I, this is, this is the right answer. Like, I don't want to be rushed out of here. L and D's not crazy busy tonight. There is no reason not to give us like the amount of time that we're allocated. And so I tell this story often just to say that it's your right to ask questions. Like in my case, I knew the answer already. I already knew that like I had 24 hours, you know? Um, but it's your job to say, Hey, doctor, can you just let me know why this decision is important? And I think, it's, yeah. you know, another thing the doulas are really great at is because they've seen so many births, yeah. you know, yours was, was wise and said, Hey, could you guys give her a second? Um, but you know, that that's their job too. They've seen yeah. so much that they can probably say like, well, here's what they're going to suggest now. And here's the typical clinical guideline for that. Um, because you know, many of them uh, are pretty well versed in that information as well, even though uh, it's diff- very different training than midwives. They're, they are not midwives, very, very different uh, training protocols and certifications. You know, midwives are mostly nurses actually. Yeah. Um, they're certified nurses who then become midwives and just specialize in childbirth. But doula, doulas, I like to say doulas are for the waist up and midwives and labor and delivery and OBs are for the waist down. So really like your doula is like your coach, your emotional supporter. They're there for, for all of that. Yeah. And I think that uh, one thing about doulas that a lot of people have a misconception of, and we've had I think two doulas now on the podcast, a postpartum and a um, pregnancy doula that, you know, can, we can go back and listen to those episodes. It's back in season one. Um, but what a lot of people don't understand is that doulas are for whether you want to have a medicated birth, a non-medicated birth, yes. you know, whatever kind of birth yes. you want to have. And they are there to support you through that birth. Um, and I, especially when I got a doula for my second child, cause we were living in a different city. Um, I made sure that I had a doula that, cause I wanted to try for a VBAC, um, a vaginal birth after cesarean, um, since I had a cesarean with my first. So I wanted to make sure that she had, you know, like a good track record with working with, right. you know, women that had, were trying for that. But that also was very well versed in like a gentle cesarean if it led to that. Um, and so she was able to be there through that whole process. And I had an insanely long labor. There's everybody's probably heard the story on my podcast of mine because I tried to have a home birth um, after not feeling very heard from the midwife practice that I was originally in um, for a lot of reasons. But I advocated for myself and ended up, you know, doing a trying a home birth and went for 30 plus hours of back labor and then pushed for three and a half hours. And then it was to the point where my little guy was, his shoulder was stuck. And so we had to go to the hospital, but I felt very heard and seen throughout that process um, because we had a midwife team, a doula team um, and lots of support there. But I think that's essential um, for you to do your research. And obviously second time moms have a leg up because you've already experienced, but there's so much birth trauma that comes from that first, that first birth when you are not educated and when you haven't taken time. So that's why I think it's so important for moms to read books like yours because it makes us ask those questions and kind of have a, a little bit yeah. more, not caution. I mean, I don't want people to be like afraid, you know, but also it kind right. of is because you know, it's your body. It's a huge life change that's about to happen to you no matter how your birth goes. 
Um, and I think yeah. that kind of brings up an interesting thing for for right now in this current environment um, with everything going on with COVID because um, a lot of things have changed. I mean, we're looking at, uh, you know, recently in New York, um, they were not going to allow partners into um, labor and delivery. I have a friend that's a founder out in San Francisco who had her daughter like right when COVID was kind of ramping up and she was told one of the days she couldn't go in to see her daughter in the NICU, that they weren't accepting any visitors. And she was like, I'm her mom. Like I need to see my baby. And, you know, just that advocating for yourself. So she used the power of Twitter and her network and got that resolved pretty quickly. But, you know, it's just the, sometimes there's a lack of information, even for the medical providers um, during times yeah. like this. And so people are in this unknown, you know, phase. Have you struggled with fitting into your jeans postpartum? I know I did. I will never forget standing in the Nordstrom dressing room in tears, trying to find something to wear for our first trip to Disneyland after Lucas. Nothing fit me. And then I saw a pair of jeans that said absolution. And I figured it was worth a try. Go figure. They fit. Like fit all around the back. They were comfy and looked great. I bought two pairs and now have lots of pairs. It's basically all I wear now. I'm so thankful I discovered a brand like Democracy that creates clothes that fit our bodies in all seasons of life, including the early days of motherhood, that embrace our curves and let us feel good so that we can move through it all with more confidence and pep in our step. You can check out Democracy Clothing by going to their website at www.democracyclothing.com. And you can use the code MOMENTUM, capital M-O-M, lowercase E-N-T-U-M, for 25% off through April 30th. This is an exclusive offer for our listeners at Momentum Radio. You also can check out one of our old podcast episodes from last season with Karen, who is the founder of Democracy and also a mom. Go and support a wonderful mom-owned business and brand. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I think that, well, yeah, one, one, one last thing on the, on the kind of care model stuff, you mm-hmm. know, so I actually um, included, cause I realized that this is where people typically don't know where to start. There's actually a whole list of interview questions for doulas um, in uh, Bumpin'. So if yes. you're wondering like, okay, like how do I even like find a doula or like, what should I ask? Or like, what matters? Like the first thing is that you're comfortable with them. Um, And the second is, you know, like you just, there is no one right doula for everyone. Um, So it's important to talk to a few people. And I would say the same thing about medical providers. Um, That's a little harder in this exact moment uh, when there is so much uncertainty and when there is, uh, there are so many open questions, you know, Um, there was, you know, there's a lot of talk about doing an induction at 39 weeks to try to avoid a C-section and some of the uncertainty that comes from, you know, long timelines in, in labor and delivery, but, uh, you know, not to keep harping on this doula thing, but a lot of people are canceling their doulas because they say, well, they can't be with me, uh, Mm -hmm. during birth at the hospital. So that's kind of technically true and kind of not technically true because Mm -hmm. 
to me, one of the most important things they do, it's what we were talking about with you getting sent home like two times, Mm -hmm. like they help you in the hours, even by video. I would have taken my doulas a million times over video over not having them because Mm -hmm. they were wise. They were calm. They walked me through things. It doesn't always take physical touch. You know, most hospitals are allowing partners in now. Um, That was, uh, you know, that was a pretty temporary thing in New York. Um, The postpartum stuff is a little more complicated and it's kind of a moving target. Um, But most hospitals do allow at least one birth support person in, which for most people is their partner. Um, But, you know, I think doulas have like an even more important role to play today than ever before because they can provide that at home, you know, helping you not go to the hospital before you have to. Because like who wants to go to the hospital at all right now, much less Mm -hmm twice to be then sent home. So, you know, if you're in this situation and you're pregnant, even if it's your second or third, I actually think having a doula is a tremendous gift and you can find one, um, you know, locally, you can interview them on video. They can be there for you via text, via video chat. You can use video chat at the hospital too, by the way, this is another thing people are doing, Mm -hmm. um, which is, you know, they just have like, how about Zoom birth? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, we're zooming everything else. But like, exactly. why are you know a lot of yeah, but a lot of people aren't doing this. You know, Zoom, FaceTime, like pick your poison, whatever, uh, whatever your whatever your video platform is. But I think it's a really important thing. Um, and that you know that also brings up telemedicine, right? So there's uh, a big shift in in care delivery right now with prenatal care. Um, you know, for those of you who are listening and are pregnant and you've never gone through this before, so there are typically about 10 to 14 prenatal visits during the course of a low-risk pregnancy. Higher-risk pregnancies, there can be a couple more. But what's happening right now is that to minimize the amount of time people are going to the hospital or going to an office, just to minimize exposure, um, that model is changing. So you're going to have, uh, I think it's like eight in-person visits through the course of a pregnancy. Uh, And having gone through this once with technically three different pregnancies, but going through one full one, um, there were a lot of visits where, frankly, for me, like going in was not that impactful. And frankly, like I would have loved to talk to someone like every week just for like a quick check in via telemedicine. And I often did because A, I was writing a book and B, I had access via Maven um, and I had great practitioners I was working with and interviewing for the for the, um, for the book. But I think telemedicine is such a wonderful gift and it's really cool to see it being part of the solution right now Mm -hmm. for, for parents who are having trouble, you know, like if you've already got a kid or two, um, you know, like calling yourself to the doctor's office with like two kids right now is really not festive. Um, and the more we can minimize that, you know, so what it requires is like, if you have questions, like you call in, you use video chat, you stick to your appointments cadence, you're going to have to still go in for, you know, the ultrasounds and blood tests and, and labs and stuff. But um, just kind of minimizing the amount of time you have to go to a physical office, it doesn't have to be a bad thing. But it also does require you really pay attention to your body. So really kind of clue in, you know, take good care of yourself, um, pay attention to fetal movement, don't just go on the internet and buy a fetal Doppler. This is a thing that's happening right now that's mm-hmm. terrifying because people want to use them like all the, did you ever have one of those? I never got one because I knew it would stress yeah. me out more than I needed yeah. it to. Cause I'd be like, if I can't find the, Oh my gosh, I'll start freaking out. You know, and it'll yes. be, it'll well, be and, worse for me. 
Yes. I mean, so this is what's happening right now is that people Mm -hmm. are going online and they're buying a fetal Doppler and they're like using it all the time to try to find the baby's heartbeat. It can be very hard to find the baby's heartbeat. And also we don't know the long-term effects of using a fetal Doppler like every day to like keep on your baby. And it was even hard for the nurses to find it for me quite a few times. My babies are, I have a tilted uterus. So at the beginning of my pregnancy, they were always really hard to find. And then as it progressed, I swear my kids would run away from it in my belly. And so it just, I, I actually, as time went on, I didn't get stressed because one of the nurses early on told me, this is so common. Please don't be stressed. If we are going to get worried about it, we're going to let you know, but right now is not the time to worry. So I never stressed about it, but you know, I think if we are more and more people are going to do that, that's not going to help. But I think there's such a cool thing with this telehealth right now too. Um, It's just, you know, mom's that will show up to more appointments as well. Because like you said, yeah. we don't have to lug our kids to the appointment. We don't have to take off from work necessarily, even for the appointment, yep. you might be able to do it in your office or, you know, wherever else you are at the time. And I think I, I was telling a friend about like therapy, uh, help, you know, telehealth recently that I've been doing and just how much more convenient it is for me because I can place it yes. in between meetings without having to drive across town, get into the appointment, wait in the waiting room, and then, you know, go in. And it's just like, you automatically have this time, even the wait period, you can be doing other stuff in between. Yes. Um, and so I think it's just so much better. I hope that that sticks yeah. around even after it- this. I, I strongly believe it's going to, I mean, that really, I'm all about looking for like a few silver linings right now because you know, there's a lot of dark, there, there's a lot of darkness in the world right now. So I'm trying to also see some light. And for me, uh, the fact that this has forced probably, you know, five, seven years, um, more quickly for telemedicine Mm -hmm. to become, you know, a standard part of care, not just for pregnancy, but for many things. I'm so happy you brought up therapy because, um, you know, now in this moment, more than ever before, especially if you're pregnant, um, talking to, talking to a therapist, like you don't have to be quote unquote depressed or have like issues related to your mom or ex-boyfriend or whatever it is. People think you like go to a a shrink's office and, you know, lay on a couch and, and talk about, um, like therapy is for big life changes. It's for stressful moments. Like I think we're all having a stressful moment right now. So, you know, this is like one of the number one things that I am telling, um, you know, number one pieces of, of, of advice that I'm giving to just anyone who's pregnant right now is, you know, telemedicine therapy is not generally that expensive. You can do it for 10 minutes, 20 minutes, an hour. Like you can kind of do it as much or as little as you feel like you need to, but having a healthy outlet to really just be honest. Cause mm-hmm. like, let's be real. There's just like some stuff you can't say to your partner or even your mm-hmm. friends, because like maybe some of it's about them yeah. and like maybe some of it's about your kids. And I think that's one of the really powerful things uh, to me about therapy, especially in this moment is that, you know, we're living in this very kind of isolated uh, isolated spot, even if you're doing Zoom happy hours or meetings, mm-hmm. whatever, um, you know, but you've got to have a little space for your mental health. And so if you haven't tried it before, there are great. I mean, I'm, I'm going to like plug Maven one more time because I think 
what they're doing right now is incredible. Like they have webinars every Thursday. Um, they are, I think their providers have released six times the amount of, uh, you know, appointment inventory. So like That's no matter awesome. what time of day or night you want to talk to someone, they have someone. So they have therapists, they have lactation consultants, they have OBs, they have pediatricians, they have like kind of any uh, medical specialty you can dream up mm -hmm. uh, and even maybe some things that you you haven't. Yeah. And um, really like I, I just, it's been so powerful for me. Um, I, I got therapy when I had my, um, you know, when I had those two pregnancy losses and it really mm -hmm. changed my life. So it's not just for talking about mom, mom issues, whether that's with yourself or your, <laughs> your own mom. Yeah. Well, and we all bring so much baggage to a pregnancy, um, that it come from all different, you know, realms, whether it was a yes. loss prior to the new birth or just things that have you've gone through in your life. Um, it is one time when all of it will kind of come to the surface. And so I really hope that telemedicine, especially in the realm of postpartum care will really amplify yes. and, you know, and decrease the, the amount of women dealing with postpartum anxiety and depression. Um, because just being able to talk to your doctor, um, cause it, you know, you don't go back in until that six week appointment <laughs> when your right. kid goes, you know, a week later. And it's, it really is crazy to me that we don't put as much emphasis. Um, and that's why I like, I'm a big proponent of postpartum doulas as well. Um, because they can be extremely helpful, um, to our family units. And, and that's the, the next yeah. question I want to hit on, um, as we, as we start to wrap up today, but you know, integrating your partner <laughs> into your pregnancy. And, you know, we've talked a lot about doulas. Um, one thing that I found with my doula and you mentioned a little bit too, is like your husband wouldn't have had time to eat if, you know, if no. the doula hadn't have been there and, you know, same thing for me. Um, but also just, you know, having that person, because, you know, oftentimes we take that on ourselves to take care of our husbands during situations. Like we kind of step in sometimes as the woman or as the mom. Um, and so it was so, it's so nice to have that doula to be there as your spouse's other support system too, um, to know that they, they have somebody that they trust with their, you know, with their wife here, um, or their partner, uh, that is dealing with the pregnancy. So they can take a moment and, and take a breather as I think that's so vital. So I, I'm interested how that experience was for you. You know, how did doulas help integrate that? um, element for your partner and just also integrating your partner into your pregnancy. Yeah. I mean, I think the thing that I realized, uh, both in researching the book and in my own relationship was that, you know, partners are not really part of this discussion at the moment. And that was another big aha for me. I mean, kind of like, there are like books that are written for guys and there are books that are written for like the pregnant person. And that to me, cause it is kind of a shared experience. Like, I don't know about you, but my husband was going through all of it, like right there with me. Uh, yeah. He might not have like been physically going through everything, but he sure was mentally there for all of it. Mm -hmm. um, and really to me, like the time to start, including your partner is during the time, like if it was a planned pregnancy, if you're planning to conceive, like the time to start talking about, you know, your parenting goals and kind of what you both want out of life and, you know, work and finances and even just how to communicate with each other that starts before you ever get pregnant. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, if, if you find yourself with an unplanned pregnancy, it's never too late to start. 
Um, but really like starting to, you know, flex those muscles and practice those skills before there's a baby around is so important. Mm-hmm. Um, and really like we have to let people take care of us. I think there's, uh, this is like another thing that I really didn't understand until I actually became a mom. And then I was like, this is kind of worse than I could have possibly imagined this expectation that we're supposed to do everything with no help, mm-hmm. like be a perfect partner, be a perfect friend, be a perfect CEO or, you know, entrepreneur or, you know, work where, wherever it is you work. Um, and then also like be in great shape and, you know, take good care of yourself and have you time. And, you know, it, it just was like mind boggling to me. Mm-hmm. Like, how can we put this, how can we put this on women? This is crazy. Like, this is crazy. This is crazy that we think that this is possible. Um, and so really, you know, we have to just start accepting help, like as soon in the process as we can. And that means, you know, maybe your partner writes notes Maybe your partner, you know, takes notes during doctor's appointments, uh, takes over like managing finances or managing the insurance or maybe cooking more, like whatever, whatever the thing is that, um, you know, would help your relationship. Uh, Mm -hmm. That's really, that's really a thing. I think the other thing that no one talks about, but is really important uh, that I think this, this point. So like, if you've hit infertility issues or just any problem with conception, the first thing that happens is always, well, go get your eggs tested or like maybe get a fertility workup because yeah, it's something probably to do with you. Uh, That's not true. About a third of the time, it's actually a problem with sperm and sperm, as you can imagine, is much easier to test than eggs. Uh, And so really like the time, you know, if you're planning to conceive, the time to start really bringing your partner into this uh, in the form of making sure that, you know, he has a healthy lifestyle, um, is like before all of this starts because smoking too much drinking, um, you know, lifestyle related factors can influence the quality of sperm as well. And I think it's a really great thing to do together. It's good training for parenting later. You just kind of get on the same page, you support each other. It makes you being healthier through the process much easier as well. Yeah, for sure. But it's such a good point. I, I know that my husband and me, especially during the first pregnancy, were very, you know, we went to birthing classes together. We were very much in that in that same realm and maybe not as much the second pregnancy when we had a toddler running around. Yeah. Um, but I think that's why having a doula the second time around is even more essential because it made us like have those meetings, pre-meeting, pre-birth meetings with our doula, like all together. It made us like really focus more on all of the options and everything like that. So, and it's all about those care providers. I mean, going back to that, like, I love that you talk about that in your book and people can see the different options um, because you have to find what works best for you. I thought mine would be a very traditional, you know, doctor's office, um, but it it wasn't necessarily because I wanted to hear from more people, you know, I wanted some more feedback, but you also can find really amazing doctors and doctors that will, you know, give you more time or a nurse practitioner. Um, Yep. You definitely need to do your research and I hope that more moms will read your book and then also, you know, go on and be their own advocate because that that's so well, vital you. and get your partner involved um, because yeah. they can be an advocate for you as well. And, and really just like you said, like, you know, kind of roping them in that, you know, they're being an advocate for you and your, you know, your unborn baby that, it, that is coming into this world. 
um, and they will continue to be that advocate as time goes on. So, yeah, well, and, and the idea, I mean, I think like if I could just have a parting shot with, yeah, with my goal for the book is really just, you know, I felt so much judgment becoming a mom. And when I was going through all of the things that I went through and I was like, you know, reasonably public about it, but, um, there is no one size fits all pregnancy. Like your first pregnancy will be different than your second pregnancy. The influencer that you like following on Instagram that looks like exactly the same two weeks after having a baby and is in a bikini with her infant, like, guess what? That's Photoshop guys. Um, Mm -hmm. like, we live in a world where I think there's a lot of judgment and a lot of pylons and a lot of shame and a lot of like, you know, well, I did it this way, therefore it's right. And the reality is what's right for you and right for your family and right for your body may not be right for someone else. And so Mm -hmm. really like, especially right now, like we just need to be kind to each other. Um, You know, like no judgment, let people, let people do what they, what's right for them. Um, And uh, yeah. And like, give everyone a virtual socially distanced hug. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Oh, I know. Well, I think we're going to have to have you back for another episode to talk about pregnancy and dealing with that with work and your employer and all of that. So I want to bring you back for that um, in the future. And maybe we can even do it with maybe even somebody from Maven or another company and kind of really get um, some, let us use your wonderful research ability and, you know, that interviewing that you did in your book and kind of bring in some other service providers. I would love to hear. From yeah. That. I think oh, the I have biggest, many. there's hmm? oh, no, go ahead. Oh no. I was going to say I interviewed over 20 people for this book and I have exactly who I have two amazing people for that, for that. Oh, that's awesome. make well, let's, a, a let's for sure do that because I attended um, a few different, now that everybody's doing so many different <laughs> Zoom amazing calls lately, um, that have been, you know, talking directly with some service providers in different realms. And I feel like that's been so beneficial just to be able to have that Q&A and ask, you know, some really deep questions uh, to me. Also to make people feel a little more human too, to put a name with a face and um, be able to hear, you know, the answers to those questions. So I would love that. Absolutely. That really great. Well, how are you, Leslie, creating momentum in the world right now? I know you are doing so many amazing things and life is nuts right now, but um, what is something that you're doing to create momentum? I think that I'm trying to keep everyone in my life, especially, but also, you know, lots of people that I don't know that have read my book and have reached out, um, you know, trying to be a a good source of information, a source of calm, a source Mm -hmm. of, you know, like, like I said before, I think just kindness and trying not to judge each other and trying to be kind to ourselves, uh, maybe most importantly right now, because I think there's so much pressure, um, like we talked about on, on women to just, you know, be everything. And when you have you know, when you have your kids out of school at home or out of daycare or without a nanny or whatever, you know, is your situation, um, it just really makes things hard. And so I think, um, you know, that's the thing that I'm trying to do right now is just really be an advocate for, um, you know, for everyone who's, who's struggling right now. Mm -hmm. Uh, and, and, you know, just encourage everyone to, you know, just take a step back and, you know, this time is temporary 
we're going to have, you know, a different world when we emerge from this moment. But, um, you know, we all have the um, opportunity to make it an even better world in some ways um, and really return to it with more intention and more kindness and, um, you know, less stuff that none of us, uh, none of us need. So, um, you know, that's, that's my goal. That's my hope. Yes. I love that so much. And I think any person that is focusing on putting more calmness into the world right now is so valuable, but especially around such a scary, scary and amazing thing as pregnancy can be. Um, I think that that is, is vital um, because we don't want our poor pregnant mamas right now to be stressed out. We want to be able to be that calm, uh, you know, calm voice during that and just assuring them that, you know, things are going to be okay. And there's so many resources, like we talked about, you know, getting a doula, even zooming with a doula um, or zooming in family, if that helps you during, um, during that time. But I think that every mom needs to go and get uh, your book. We'll also be giving away a copy of your book. We do that for all of our authors. So we'll be doing a giveaway for that to make sure that you check out our social media and get on our email list so you can be a part of that giveaway. Um, And then, like I said, we're going to bring Leslie back and get some of those people that she's interviewed to um, get on here and answer some questions for you guys. Because I think that all of these topics that you've brought up in your book, um, we could just, you know, talk about forever because they're huge issues that women have been going through. And I'm just so grateful that you wrote a book um, to really kind of bring uh, the new reality of what's going on in, you know, our society over the last few years, you know, into a new, a new space, a new resource for moms to be able to utilize um, that's less outdated and, you know, really things that we're struggling with. Well, thank you so much. That's it's a wonderful thing to hear because when you write a book, you never know exactly how it's going to land. But I've been really, really happy with with how much people seem to be responding to it well, and how many notes I've gotten from strangers, like on Instagram, thanking me for writing it and sharing their stories. And so I love to hear from anyone who's out there. Um, you can find me all over the internet, but if you want to visit um, my website, actually, you can just visit bumpin.com. Because that's uh, because I have that, which is kind of the best URL ever. So that is please drop me a note URL. if you have questions. It is right. <laughs> yes, it definitely is, and we'll we'll link all of that in the show notes. But definitely go check her out, follow her, get her book, buy her book for a friend that is pregnant. Um, let's definitely share this great resource with others. Hey mama, Lauren Golden here, founder of the free mama and the free mama movement.com. And I want to invite you to join me for a free training on how to get started in freelancing so that you can work from home. I believe that you should never have to choose between family and finances, which is why I've spent the past few years working with moms just like you to give you the tools and training you need to stay home with your kids and earn a real living. As a freelancer, you can work on your terms and I'll show you how. Join me at thefreemamamovement.com for this free on-demand training. Thanks for listening to today's episode of Momentum Radio. We'll be back next week with another episode for you. But in the meantime, head over to our website at www.momentummarket.io and sign up for our marketplace where you can help get moms paid so they can lead a flexible life. 
Also, you can go to iTunes and leave us a review so we can share this podcast with more moms and make a bigger impact. Thank you. Have a great week, mamas.